The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Please visit pod617.com to learn about our podcast production services and view our full lineup of shows. What is it? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, is it is it alien? Is it is it paranormal? I, I that's why I keep going out there to find out. Welcome to a wicked mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts. Paranormal author, researcher, and speaker, Ronnie LeBlanc. And the host of The Curse of Oak Island drilling down on the History Channel, Maddie Blake. Greetings, monsters. Welcome to Monsterland Episode 2, Season 2. We have an actual, real-life Monsterland witness, and boy, does he deliver. You'll get that in a minute. Also, <laughs> silver balls. Oh, 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 silver balls. The ringing of the earth. A new alien in Roswell. Monster mail. And new tagline, who dis? All that and more <laughs> on tonight's edition of Monsterland. Ronnie LeBlanc. How are you, my friend? How are you doing, Maddie? Fantastic. I'm jazzed up. We've got so much to get to. Tons. Episode two. This episode is about witnesses. And this is, I'm more excited about this episode in a way than any of our fancy super guests from season one. Because for the first time, we're going to actually talk to someone who's experienced something in Monsterland. And we just mentioned him last week. uh, Episode one, um, talking about the gentleman that was out in Lumster State Forest sees an orb that changes color and it has missing time. So compelling stuff. It is, man. And and that's the whole genesis of this podcast in a lot of ways is talking to these witnesses. So you guys listening have to understand when you talk to these people and you look into their eyes, it's powerful. But you have to understand too, it's hard to then say to them, come on a podcast and admit this stuff right. to the world, really. Because we don't, you know, people listen to all the world of podcasts. Yeah. It's a whole different animal. So kudos to our guest who uh, Jeff, who who's going to be on in a minute here, will tell you his story, and and he'll well he'll tell you his story in a brief interview, and it's just fascinating. And you know what? he's got the courage to to say you know I don't care what people think, yeah, I don't care you can use my name, yeah, this happened, this continues to happen to people, and he wants to share his story, hopefully help others to kind of come out. Uh, this feels so good. This whole podcast has from from really day one, and we sit here in the man cave. Of our producer David, yeah. uh, uh, Pod Six One Seven, and we thank you, know, you I monsters. I really prefer undisclosed location. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> when okay. You guys used to I'm say sorry. that. Yeah, That's yeah. more helpful. Well, it's, thanks, it's a misnomer too, because the beginning, our fancy voice guy Mike New, by the way, thanks to him, uh, he says at a at a undisclosed location somewhere in and around Monsterland, <laughs> which is true. We are in and around Monsterland. We're just we've moved uh, as we find our home here, but uh, it's been awesome, and we thank you guys, and and hope you had a nice Thanksgiving as we record this. It's just post Thanksgiving in 2018, Ronnie. I trust you had a nice one. I did, as yeah. did I. Yeah. And you uh, worked on you. You went to L.A. Fancy went to LA. L.A. to do your new Travel Channel show. Yeah, Monster Mysteries did a couple. Uh, Love it. Couple episodes, a couple days zipped back, and awesome. Should be going back pretty soon. Awesome. I'm so happy for your brother. Thanks, bro. So let's dive into it. Um, let's get to our guest because we have so much sound and so much to get to after him. Um, two great pieces of monster mail. But Jeff is a resident, lives right in and among Monsterland, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's a uh, postal worker. And he had a recent experience and shared that with Ronnie and was brave enough to come on the podcast tonight and talk to us about what he experienced. Um, and if you're an experiencer, you'll probably recognize a lot of what he says and how he says it and the emotion behind it. And if you're not and you're a skeptic, I think this is a hell of a good witness. He, again, works for the federal government. Right. He's a federal employee. Federal yep. employee. And he says at one point, he even admits, like, I'm kind of a debunker. Right. Which is how he got into all this, trying to kind of figure this stuff out, which also makes him compelling. Yeah. So without any further ado, uh, here is Jeff, an actual witness experiencer in what's going on in our backyard in Monsterland. We'll let Jeff tell the story now. Jeff, welcome to Monsterland. How are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> Great. Fantastic. We're psyched to actually talk to a witness 
Um, so tell us first, give us a little background, a little bio background. You're from this area, correct? Yes, I am. Uh, Lemonston, Massachusetts all my life. Awesome. And what do you do for a living, Jeff? I actually work for the post office. Oh, beautiful. All right. Yeah. Uh, so tell us, you had a recent experience uh, around Monsterland, correct? Correct. Tell, tell us what happened. Uh, basically, uh, I was just going out to kind of look for Sasquatch. I'm a Bigfooter. And I was just kind of going out there to kind of clear my mind and see if I could capture any pictures of uh, Sasquatch activity out in that area. You know, they have the power lines and everything. So I know they kind of, I want to believe they use that as a crossing point to wherever they're going. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyways, it's a nice area I like to sit out there. It's called uh, Crystal Lake. And um, and I was out there just kind of, you know, looking around, just, you know, minding my own business. and. You know, all of a sudden, if, if you look over to the right-hand side of the lake, uh, you can actually Google map it. And um, it came over, you know, there's a set of trees on the right-hand side. There was an orb that came over on the right-hand side. Um, it kept getting closer. And as it got closer, it uh, it wasn't getting loud with the ears, but it, it, inside the body. Like, the only way I could really describe it is when you're in a car and someone has the bass really turned up. And that base is going through your your stomach and your chest. Mm. Um, wow. It wasn't it wasn't scary. It, it was just hypnotizing. You know what I mean? It uh, just but just the orb was hypnotizing too at the same exact time. Uh, how how bright was it, Jeff? Was it did it immediately catch your eye or did it kind of build? Build definitely build because I wasn't sure what it was because you know we have life light that flies over here and everything like that and right. you know you watch those paths and everything so I could, wasn't sure if it was a helicopter light air uh, I live right near the airport so I see lights coming in and out, and out you know in and out but this light just you know was small and all of a sudden it just kept getting bigger and bigger and brighter and just kept coming closer and then it just got to a certain point where it didn't grow anymore it just stood at a certain point and then next thing I knew it was gone. How high was it in the sky? Could you, if you could guess? Uh, typical pine tree. So it's going to say probably about 100 feet, 200 feet in the air. And when you first saw it, Jeff, you mentioned that it was green and then yes. it changed to orange, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. It, wow. I, that's why I was confused. I wasn't sure if it was a helicopter, a plane. So it just kind of gave it a little bit as it got grow, as it kept getting bigger and bigger, it did change the colors. And I want to back up a little bit, Jeff, because you opened this up saying you were a Bigfooter. Had you had a Bigfoot experience in Monsterland as a kid or anything before, or you just knew of the legend and were interested for fun type of thing? Uh, I've knew, known of the legend. I've had experiences with uh, Sasquatch in other areas, not around here. So, ah. you know, reading the book and everything, I kind of wanted to peek my head around that area and see if um, there was anything going on there, too. Interesting. And how long did this orb stay and what did it do at the end? You know, it, it, it only felt like 15 minutes and next thing you know, it was gone. When you it say it was gone, did it, did it dissipate? Did it fly away? It seemed like it shot off to the right. Wow. Same wow. Yep, same <laughs> so it's, it, it sat on the tree line for a long time mm -hmm. and shot off to the right. Yep. Um, Back kind of where it went, uh, where it came from. And it was, was it coming closer to you? It was for a certain point, then stopped. And it hovered in the air. Yep. And that's when I, I you know, like I said, went to try to go get the camera and I couldn't. What do you, what do you mean you couldn't? It like, it felt frozen. Do you know what I mean? Like no. something. <laughs> so wait a second, you felt frozen? Yeah. Like you were yeah. immobilized. You went to go grab the camera and then you couldn't move. Correct. Whoa. We've heard that. Yeah. Dozens of times. Yeah. The St. Leo yeah, Cemetery Saint one Cemetery, is, is the story you tell. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and, it's, go ahead. it's funny. I, I actually used to work in a cemetery, you know, and it's, it's, you know, been very interested in the paranormal, all that kind of stuff. So it was just like, it, everything was just kind of kicking in and I really wasn't sure what it was, but it was just, like I said to Ronnie is whenever I've, you know, read and studied anytime you've had like an outer body experience or any kind of anything touching you usually come out with a rash or scratching or anything like that and there was nothing like that at all jeff you mentioned this feeling uh, you you equated it to like you know base in a room correct but it sounds like it was more metaphysical than just a physical sensation it sounds like you felt something emotional uh, somehow yeah. Talk, yeah talk about that it's just basically like, you know, everything was the whole reason I had gone for the walk is because, you know, I was kind of stressed out and everything like that. I wanted to go clear my mind up. And then after that point, it just like seemed everything was 
clear and everything started changing like for the good and from that from that experience things kind of exactly. shifted exactly it, now tell me you, you had mentioned to me a few weeks ago that mm-hmm. that's phoenix you, lights too sorry Ronnie. that's yeah. phoenix lights everyone that saw the phoenix lights are not everyone but a lot right. of people like lynn yeah. say that after they saw that light they felt peace that good things came more in their life they became vegetarian mm-hmm. they became more spiritual so i'm sorry but yeah yeah um you had mentioned about um i asked you what has happened before what have you seen before and you had mentioned that you and your wife were sitting on the porch and you saw a oh green, yeah the green orb right you yep. saw a green that maybe the same yeah. one that's a green can you talk about that a little bit what happened yeah it was just it was kind of weird just sitting on our front porch and you know my wife and i and just this green orb came out of the sky and just went straight into the ground and you know I see bugs flying around the lamps, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I know the difference. It was just, she saw it too and just kind of looked at me and was like, what was that? (laughs) You know, multiple witnesses at the same event. And you, and you saw something else on that porch though, as well, right? Uh, Shadow people. Yeah. uh, Wait a second. You saw a shadow shadow person. person? Yeah. It's actually funny. Bring, I was actually just talking to my wife about this. You still there? Yeah. 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 All right. So, uh, yeah, I was actually just talking to my wife about this tonight too is, Hmm it's it's i sit on my back and i have a cigarette and just kind of sit there and look around and i have this porch and at first you know i i've seen it a couple of times and at first i thought okay maybe it's the headlights of the cars coming around maybe it's the lights inside you know i'm very i like to debunk things i like sure. to make sure i have definitive answer before i'm like yeah that's definitely what it is right and it's always the same again it's it's very repetitive it's always the same thing it's in the same spot and kind of when I make eye contact at it with it, it, it jots off. Wow. Like it's been caught. Like I saw it and it's the same height. It's probably about the height of maybe a 12, 13 year old. So we're saying probably about five feet, four or five feet. And I can, and I can make out the shoulders and the head and it's just right when you kind of make eye contact, boom, it's gone. So now is this only on the porch that you've seen this or have you seen this inside yeah. your house? Nope. Nope. Just on the porch. Now, I haven't Jeff, seen anything inside the house. Shadow people. I mean, I, I don't know, you might be just calling it a shadow person because mm-hmm. it's dark, uh, yeah. but but shadow people tend to have a very negative connotation. I'm wondering, has mm-hmm. there been any negativity? with You said positive with the orange orb, but has there been any negativity with the shadow person? Uh, no, no. Right. That might be no. just a, a mm. more of a ghost type of thing, you know, you know yeah. maybe not a shadow person per se, because also shadow people tend to be at night when people right. are in bed or sleeping. Yeah, so you might absolutely. have, you yeah. might have more of a ghost presence, mm. uh, you know, something like that, an apparition. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I said, it's very solid. That's why I kind of was looking at it and was just trying to decide, is it headlights? Is it the, yeah. you know, the trees moving in the, in the lights, anything like that, but no, it's very solid. And it's, I make eye contact with it and boom, it, it takes off. It's like, I, I like, I caught it looking at me. Let, let me ask you something, Jeff. You mentioned sure. too, that you recently just got the Elm street where this happened. Um, Correct. Uh, Correct. As your part of your route, right? Yep. As a yep. postal worker. Yes. He okay, just sir. got this. And when that happened, he started delivering, going down there. That's when this stuff started kind of picking up. Now what's significant Correct. about Elm street? Well, he asks as if he as if he doesn't know. Right, you got the <laughs> the whole uh, Freddy uh, yeah. aspect well, uh, of it, but that, it connects right to Lemister State Forest. And I find that entrance is more interesting than the entrance on the other side. Yeah, like I find that the entrance off of Elm Street is the entrance of where I want to go hiking. The other side is where I want to go have fun, mountain biking and everything mm. else. It's very strange. I, it's just like I, t- I said to you, Ronnie, about the vibes and everything. Right. The t- it's two different vibes off each different um, entrance. Interesting. Wow. That would, it, you know, that's it, two different entrances to a portal. Or, it, it, well, you know, that's the other thing I was thinking is, you know, as I've been out there, I, I've noticed there's a ton of s- different stone walls out there. Right. That, and there's a tons of them. And, I, you know, I, I can't wait to kind of get out there and look at them because I'm wondering if they s- – any of them or a lot of them go in the same direction and maybe are leading to some kind of the portal out there. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. The uh, One of the theories with the stone walls is that they're yeah. actually built on top of the ley lines, that they're marking the energy lines oh, wow. and they're not yeah. uh, property markers, but they exactly. are connected to the portals. That's what I thought because they, they're too obscure. They're too out of place to be property lines. Mm-hmm. 
and how they're spread out and where they're lined out. Cause I go mountain biking around those trails. I've been hiking in those trails and just, they pop up out of nowhere. You're like all of a sudden you're like, okay, there's one. And then you could be somewhere completely different. And there's another one. And right. it's, they're kind of shaped the same. They're, the rocks kind of look the same. They're just very, very similar in all the ways that they're built. Well, Jeff, I mean, it's an incredible final and last question for me and probably yes, the million sir. dollar question. Uh, <laughs> what do you think you saw with that orange orb? Honestly, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, like I said, I'm very, um, I want a hundred percent proof. All I know is I know what I saw and I know what I felt. Um, I, I know there's definitely activity out there. What is it? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, is it, is it alien? Is it, is it paranormal? I, I, that's why I keep going out there to find out. I find it. It's very interesting, Jeff, that you're out there. Mm-hmm. One looking for peace. Yep. Two mm-hmm. looking for Sasquatch. Yep. And then you have an orange orb that shows up that starts off as green, that turns to orange. Yep. And then you're seeing the shadow person, which he says about the size of a 12 to 13 year old, which could be a small Sasquatch depending yep. on, you know, um, our, our our friend Tom that we talked about in season one had a sighting and he said about six feet tall, almost like a mm-hmm. juvenile. Cause some of these could be eight to nine feet tall. Yeah, um, absolutely. And the fact that you're only seeing it on the porch outside is, is intriguing yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. even hesitate Jeff to use the term anymore. A uh, shadow person. Cause I don't think that's what you have there. Yeah. I, okay. I don't think, I don't think it is a shadow person. Um, awesome. Yeah. This is what I love learning. This is what I love to hear. So I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, just because there's been agree, a positive yeah. thing around it yeah. where yeah. shadow and people tend sleeping. to be negative. You weren't in your bedroom. It wasn't right. in the hallway. You didn't feel nope, threatened. No, nope. nope, uh, not at all. Well, Jeff, uh, thank you so much. And I mean that. Ronnie and I appreciate this so much because guess what, Jeff? You are the first witness that we've talked to on the podcast. We've had plenty of guests, mm-hmm. but unless we hear from people like you, the mm-hmm. people who are the actual witnesses, then it's just me and Ronnie talking stories. So right. nah, thank you for your bravery. There. Oh, yeah. no worries. It's out there. You know, I'm going to keep going out there. And uh, if I keep say- hearing anything and seeing anything, I'll be uh, happy to let you guys know and keep you updated. Please, awesome. we will have you back on and if you have another experience. And if there's anything we can do to help you, Jeff, to understand this in any way, let us know. Uh, I would just love to, you know, and get in touch with anyone and keep learning about this, this stuff, you know, putting me in the right direction. I'll be happy to learn. I'll be happy to help. Thank you, Jeff. That was awesome, man. All right, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Anytime. Have a good night, guys. You too. too. Bye-bye. Let me take a minute to talk about the Boston Podcast Network with Ronnie here. Uh, Just a few years ago, Ronnie, podcasting was on the fringe of the media world. We all know that. Mm. Now, there are more than half a million active podcasts. We're on the verge of an information revolution. Uh, Working with Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network allows you and your business to be part of it. Pod617 can produce your show soup to nuts with their professional producers like Kerry here, David in the back, Ian the man at Media Boss, dynamic on-air hosts like us, Mm -hmm. radio quality equipment that you can see right here. They produce my show and I couldn't be happier. Right, Ronnie? Oh, the best. These people are the best. Working with the Boston Podcast Network means becoming part of a community, allowing you to share in our success as you become part of a professionally marketed platform. Contact Pod617 to start planning. In the meantime, listen, learn, and binge. Whether you're into music, sports, comedy, business, politics, or the unexplained. You'll find something here for you. Visit pod617.com in Pod We Trust. Well, there we go. First witness ever on the podcast. I love it. What a great way to start. Unreal. And I mean, we we really want you know more of this. Yeah. Well, this show keeps evolving, and in some ways, we don't know what it is. Right. But I would love it to have to have it be more of that access to people being able to leave us maybe voicemails. Right. We do get monster mails and emails. We have one tonight, in fact, a story uh, from a guy. But um, I would love people to be able to talk to us like that. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, So we'll, we'll try to get more um, witnesses like that. Speaking of which, there was a local sighting also in ah. Monsterland unrelated to Jeff's. Yes. And this was a silver spherical ball, correct, Ronnie? Mm-hmm. And now we've talked about Tom season one yes. a lot. Yes, Tom's another witness in Monsterland who's seen a lot. Yeah, well, this is another one of his sightings. He continues to have these experiences, and I wanted to start off quickly with, uh, he told me now that the leaves are all off the trees, and he has a much better view of, we talked about uh, episode one, the 
hot dog shaped cigar shaped if yeah, you will the size of a tractor yes. trailer truck orange yes and he thought it just appeared out of the sky and then was moving through the woods what he has told me now is that he's been able to calculate where it was and it wasn't in the sky it was actually coming from a field from the farmer's land it actually saw they saw it lifting up off the <laughs> ground and taking off well how about this you just said that to me and my heart just dropped because I was just researching a case. It happens to be the 41st anniversary in February of the Broadhaven UFO sighting. Ooh. And I don't know how much you know about Broadhaven, but it's a group. It's a wicked compelling case. It's 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 one of the strongest, probably most underrated UFO cases in, in my research. Mm. School children claim they saw a craft. They have teacher cooperation. You had a very smart teacher who after the students all came in screaming they saw something, he separated them. Immediately, wow, like immediately, a police officer. Yeah, like a police officer. And said, draw me and tell me what you saw. And they all drew the same thing. Wow. They all saw the same. And then a skeptic kid went out by himself. He's like, this is bullshit. Goes out, sees it. Mm. He spent his whole entire adult life trying to figure this thing out. He tests, He swears to what he saw. Guess what they saw, Ronnie? What? A cigar-shaped craft rising up from the ground oh my by the tree line. So you said that. I was just listening to this wow. Broadhaven case of a cigar-shaped UFO. And then there's one in Monsterland. Holy <laughs> so, but this guy sees something else now. Yes. So he gets up early. He owns his own business. He's up at at the work at work or taking off around five thirty, quarter six, something like that. So he notices this very bright light in the sky. Now this time of year, Venus is visible, and it tends to really stand out. Right. It looks like a huge star. So he was starting to think, oh, maybe this is Venus, and he noticed this light in the sky. And just seemed odd, so bright. Uh, and then maybe an hour and a half later, said around seven o'clock, he was then driving back to the shop, and he's on route two, and he notices the sun is now coming up. Okay. And he sees something shining on the corner of his eye in the sky, in the same position of that previous light at five thirty. Huh. And what he sees is a metal ball the size of a car hovering in the sky Jeez, and the nice. sunlight is hitting off of this thing so he notices it and he's driving and trying to get his phone out to take a picture and as he's coming around route two he snaps some pictures he sent us some pictures you can faintly see this this object in the sky that looks to be now the sky is almost this uh lightish grayish blue like the sunlight is definitely coming through so you can see visibly uh, there's something there right so this thing, as he gets kind of around Route 2 and trying to get a better view of this object, he pulls up his camera again and he noticed that the object has moved farther away and is like, as you know, out of out of view now at this yeah. point. So for an hour and a half, this thing was hovering. Then it decides to move. Well, he called me uh, in the morning. This was on Friday, November 30th. I posted something on Facebook. And just wanted to see if anybody else had had a sighting at this time while it was fresh. And I had a friend of mine that just sent me a note probably a, an hour or two after that and said, holy crap. He goes, uh, my boss told me, you know, 15, 20 years or so ago, that area where this happened was right above Lemster State Forest by Route 2, no town reservoirs right there. There's a watershed that's there. Okay. His boss told him that, you know, there were things like this hovering in the sky back then and it was not just one but there were three types of craft one would hover over there another would hover over fort devons and another one would hover over uh, southern new hampshire and they would all be in a straight line i don't again i'm trying to get wow. more details of this but then they when they would shift like they would move they would all move together and stay in that straight line oh and oh, so then they were balloons <laughs> It's like, what is this? Oh, then it was Venus and Mars. Like, a lot right. of people say that, too. It was a planet. Oh, really? This is, and that what gets crazy is, is in Devons, and it's in Monsland in the book, 1958, they had uh, eight orange orbs fly over the base over the course of an eight- or nine-hour period. Ugh. And one of these didn't have the orange plasma-looking light around it. It was a metal ball, ball. So just that like Tom saw. So that that fits in with our witness, um, uh, so many witnesses actually in yeah. Monsterland again with orange orbs or maybe these orange orbs are the, are these metal balls without Correct. whatever that's, sort of. That's one of the theories that the uh, the orange orbs 
are actually these metal balls, and what you're seeing is this plasma around, around them. It. Maybe yeah. how they power themselves or something. Yeah. But then there's another woman who says that they are beings. And notice our, our witness tonight. Melinda. Yeah. This lady, Melinda, takes pictures of these things and does close-ups, of, and then almost looks like there's faces, there's faces. in it. It almost looks like some sort of plasma. The, the Native Americans believe that the spirits would travel in these balls of light and that they are actually vehicles for not just one soul, but thousands, hundreds of of entities, and that's why people see these faces and they zoom in. I've been posting them on our yeah. uh, Facebook page yeah. for the podcast, right? To start sharing them because she started to paint some of these portraits of these weird beings. They look like elves. They look like aliens. They look like normal people, but it's, it's fascinating. And Jeff felt like uh, it was something positive, and he felt right. now things are good. Good things are happening for him. Yeah, and he's thinking about Bigfoot, looking for peace. And now all these things were starting to come together. He was worried about money. Right. And all of a sudden, uh, when he, he, after this happened, he all of a sudden he got uh, more of a full-time job, got all these other routes, and got that particular Elm Street route that he talked oh, about. I love it. And, 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 you know, silver balls, orange orbs, Bigfoots, all these things in Monsterland. If you listen to season one, we talk about this Fort Devens that Ronnie mentioned, and in case you don't know, Fort Devens is a military base that is right on the edge, and actually parts of it are part of what would be considered the Monsterland State Forest. Right. The, the, and and so we got to do a whole episode about just Fort Devens Fort and Devens. all the mind control stuff. Fort Devens, their specialty was intelligence. They were training spies. <laughs> see that? Now see that. Training that spies. has to be part of this. Absolutely. Right? Think about it. If I if I sent you a Hollywood script, I said, "Hey, I'm working on a, a paranormal script." Right? Mm. It's about this haunted forest where all this weird stuff happens. And then I'm going to write. Uh, th- there's going to be a military base right next to it that does experiments on mind control and they do um intelligence and it's an intelligence base and then you would say to me oh so they're connected i say no no just paranormal no no of course there has to be some sort of tie-in there has to be some sort of relation i started doing a deep dive into silver balls Mm. and it in ufology Don't save that drop, David. <laughs> Deep Ooh, dive. Hasn't. I make no promises. Oh, thank you. Um, and s- let me say, silver spherical UFOs. How about that? And silver spherical UFOs are reported everywhere yeah. around the world by tons of people, as are orange orbs. And this one video I stumbled across, Ronnie, is really compelling. This is August 28th. 2017 shot in Los Angeles, California. Now, warning, this guy puts uh, music to it. This is not our edition. It's his edition. Right. And a lot of people feel that kind of devalues the video because he's trying to make it dramatic. It didn't need the music. The video is stunning. Um, I'm no expert, but it doesn't look Photoshopped to me. Mm -mm. And to further prove it, uh, a black helicopter starts approaching this thing and kind of circling circling it, which we get know again is very common in these sightings absolutely Black helicopters show up yep. out of nowhere and start looking at them so check this out you can look at it on youtube yourself silver spherical ufo investigated by helicopter it's titled um listen to some of this ronnie it's really a compelling video we don't know what what's going on here here comes a helicopter now I'm trying to see what's going on over here It's going towards the object. The circle is going to go toward it. Circling it now. Look at that uh, thing. It who is. Who knows what's going on here? Round and weird. Silver, definitely metallic. Uh, that does not look photoshopped. Like no. Now. And how could he? Yeah, how could he have the helicopter and then be talking the live time? going toward it, Julian. He's got his kid with him, I think. And you can hear the, the rotors of the helicopter. Going toward it now. I mean, if you can tell me what that is. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so. Yeah, it's going, it's checking it out. It's like, what's going on? What is going on indeed? Uh, that's a great video. Mm. And it's a great, even if that particular video is faked or it's something that you can explain, at least it's a great example of what seeing a silver spherical UFO would look like. Right. It, it does not look normal. It does not day. look natural. And it's not shaking a lot. He does yeah. a great job of filming it. I mean, it is just sitting in the sky mm. 
really well done uh, video. And and the witnesses again. This 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 episode is about the witnesses. And um, today I also do a radio show here in Boston, and Ronnie comes on first Monday of every month, and we call it Monsterland Monday, and we talk about this stuff, even though the radio show is not a paranormal radio right. show at all, unless you consider fart jokes paranormal. <laughs> but Ronnie came on, and we started talking about Monsterland, and my producer, Stan, of the radio show, says, you know, I want to believe, but I just, I would really like to hear from a really compelling witness. And as he says that, we get a call. And it's, the timing was unbelievable. So here oh. is a witness... Uh, called into my Boston radio show tonight, and I'll let him speak for himself. Rich! Hey, boys, how are you? Welcome hey, to the Rich. show. Hey, Rich. Oh, good. Thank you for having me. Hey, listen, uh, I don't usually call into these things, but uh, I was listening to your conversation, and it uh, interested me. I just wanted to give you a quick story. I'm a former Air Force air traffic controller. Uh, spent eight years uh, in the early 2000s, and I uh, had a very interesting experience at RAF Milden Hall in the United Kingdom. Uh, we were, uh, working, uh, one night doing some, uh, tanker work in the pattern and, uh, security forces on the ground reported seeing a large, uh, pulsating light, red to green, green to red, uh, hovering at about 200 feet off the approach end of the runway. We had it confirmed by radar at Lake and Heath, our adjoining sister base. Uh, at that point we had aircraft in the air who also, uh, reported seeing the anomaly, um, visually recognized, radar recognized. Uh, exhibiting uh, behaviors that no aircraft I've ever seen or other people there have seen. Uh, after about 20 minutes of this thing, I uh, decided to go straight up vertical at, you know, the scope couldn't even keep up with the lock on it. And uh, uh, afterwards, you know, everyone's like, what the hell was that? What did we see? You know, thinking that there's actually a form in the Air Force that's not called a UFO form, but it is a uh, form to put down if you saw a uh, hazardous air traffic incident or something mm-hmm. that happened. And uh, this was uh, something that, you know, to this day, uh, kind of un- un- unexplained, and uh, who knows? You know, what, what, whatever they are, wherever they are, there's, there's something going on. Is all I'm saying. It didn't make me a 100% believer, but to witness something on radar, as well as visually, as well as multiple sources from the air and the ground, not everybody's hallucinating. So. And Stanley on cue. There's your credible witness. Yeah. Uh, Rich, I mean, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. How many more of these do we need, people? But look at that, you, you doubters. Got, you got the. A military base. They're flying over the base. They don't know what the hell these things are. Yep. It changes color from green to red, just like Jeff's story. Yeah. Right. Uh, so this is an this is an air air force controller traffic controller here. This is yeah. A, he sounds incredible, sane and sober, and um, obviously knew what he was talking about. Right. And and just. Stunning, and again, it fits all the checkpoints. Like the again, the Tic Tac UFO right. uh, released last winter. Um, everything he said about that anomalous thing that he saw in the military matches what they reported mm. in that report that you read on this very podcast. Um, you know, the radar couldn't lock in on it; it was right. moving too fast. It right. went vertical, vertical. Took it was off. doing things that no other aircraft they could explain, but it was red on the radar. They all saw it. They all knew it was there. I mean, it's like it fits all the checkpoints, right? And like you've always talked about last episode uh, about when people see a, a Bigfoot or whatever, and you, you kind of question, what do they really see? They know what they're seeing. And the yes. military are trained observers as yes. well. The pilots, uh, the guys that are on the ground, the security forces, they're trained to see and they know aircraft. They know what things look like. And when right. they say, this ain't from around here or this is something that we don't have, you got to pay attention to that. And it's so insulting too, like someone like Jeff, our witness. He, I live. He, he says, "I live near the airport. I've been watching these things for years. I know what plane lights are. I know what they are." And you say, "Oh, you saw a plane?" Like, no, you can't tell him that. Right. Planes don't get closer to you at the tree line, <laughs> and then silent make good things happen to your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless it's a really awesome plane, right? Unless it's Kurt Russell's plane, <laughs> who, who coincidentally saw a UFO. Um, well, I tease the story. Now it's time to get serious. Okay. Let's do uh, it. There are aliens again in Roswell. I, no. I can't believe we're the ones breaking this here on Monster. Breaking Land. news. But, you know, the the ground zero they came back. of UFOlogy, Roswell, New Mexico. There's an alien in Roswell. And if you don't believe me, let this person tell you exactly where it is. 
It sits outside the new Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins. Wait, the 2,000 pound styrofoam alien is holding the sign above his head. It sits next to another one of a kind landmark in Roswell, the UFO McDonald's, and it's oh, right down the road from the International UFO Museum. Aliens like food, apparently. First of all, the breaking news here is that there's a Dunkin' Donuts in Roswell. Right. I can't believe there's a Dunkies in Roswell, New Mexico. I bet it's wicked nice. <laughs> but they've got this <laughs> massive styrofoam, what was it, 2,000 pounds or something? They yeah, 2,000 20 pounds, feet tall, 22 feet tall. And yep. it's holding up the dunk sign. Maddie, that's the home of the cactus culotta. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't wait to have one. I can't wait to have one. <laughs> the cactus colada. Uh, the mayor's very excited about it, though, in Roswell. We're just so excited to yeah. be doing this. This yeah. is one of a kind for Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin <laughs> Robbins around the world has never done anything like it. Oh, really? They haven't put al- giant aliens outside of other Dunkin' Donuts? This hurt. See, all right, I don't- this is fun and it's all great. And it speaks to, on one hand, the power of Roswell. Right. That. What, 60 years later? How, what's it been, 60 years? Yeah, 47. Uh, some 60 years later, that it's still just dominated by tales of alien to the point that you would put a large statue at that size at your local donkeys. Donkeys, <laughs> dude. Donkeys. But it also, I feel like it kind of... I don't know, man. The mayor's got to keep the tourism, I get it, and it's right. fun and all that, but it also... It, it it lends itself to what I always use as the example of the local newscasters playing the X Files theme. You know sure. what I mean? It's just a, it's it's just I I'm not crazy about this. You know, if they had done it as you ride into town, if they did some sort of serious statue of an alien, right? Somehow or representing maybe what something. these things yeah. could have been. That's mm. one thing. But like the whole dunk thing yeah. and everything. Oh. <laughs> I love how they call it the UFO McDonald's too. <laughs> Like they have this What's the Burger Europe. King like out there? Uh, get abducted. You get waited on by shadow people. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Hey, everybody. What's up? This is Deborah DeFrancesco, and you got to check out my new podcast, The Bitchless Bride Podcast. Woohoo! You don't have to turn into an hysterical hot mess on the most important day of your life. And on my show, you'll hear lots of great tips to make your weddings thoughtful, respectful, and awesome. I couldn't agree more. Oh, yeah. That's Nathan. He's here, too. He's like one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Damn right. Between the two of us, we have decades in planning weddings and doling out advice you need to make your special day more memorable than deplorable. Don't worry, Bridey. Bitchless Bride will come to your rescue. We are your wedding superheroes, your go-to sounding board, and sometimes your personal therapist. Right? And why not get advice from straightforward, foul-mouthed professionals like us? Foul-mouthed? You, Deb? (laughs) Have you ever known me not to swear? Listen, I tell it how it is. Find the Bitchless Bride podcast on pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. New episodes posted every week. Subscribe to us on iTunes and let the party begin. Let's get bitchless. The Bitchless Bride podcast and pod we trust, bitches. You are listening to the Monsterland podcast with Ronnie LeBlanc and Maddie Blake. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah, Maddie? Knock, knock. Who's there? Earth! <laughs> Earth rang like a bell is the headline that has been uh, everywhere this past week. Nobody knows why the Earth just rang like a bell. And I felt like before we moved on back to our kind of witnesses thing, yeah, these witnesses are people who are watching seismic sensors, scientists, uh, Columbia University seismologists, um, and they don't understand what the hell is going on. Um, they, it wasn't an earthquake, as far as they know. It was a tone. Which, uh, which nobody heard. It was so low right. that no human heard it, but all the sensors got, picked it up. Right. New Zealand, Canada, Africa. And they're kind of mystified by it because it's almost musical tone-ish. Mm-hmm. And... Not natural, not something that Earth would necessarily. Oh, I'm sorry. Generate. I'm sorry. Who was it on a podcast? A podcast host that said that when they do reveal the truth of aliens, and they say like, "Oh, we contacted them through musical tones, right. like in Close Encounters." Wasn't that just our last episode? Was that Maddie? You? Bl- uh, I think it was me. Holy shit! And a week later, we have a, as described by the seismologists themselves, a musical tone right. that the Earth just gave off Holy that no crap. one can figure out what the f it is. 
I'm trying to find out more about this. I found, hold on. Let me, yeah, see, now this lady looks nice. She looks like a news person. Let's see if this lady can give us any more information. This Ooh. is titled, Nobody Knows Why the Earth Just Rang Like a Bell. She looks like some sort of news person. Let's, she let's see. Legit. Nobody knows why the entire Earth literally rang like a doorbell. Well, they claim that no primary or even secondary waves were detected in this particular event. All but ruling a type of worldwide earthquake. Hmm. Very interesting. Now, they claim that all that registered was a deep resonant surface wave and it didn't rumble as an earthquake surface wave tends to. Instead, check this out, instead it maintained a much cleaner, almost musical frequency. What the hell is going on? Now, the other thing is this. It was on 11-11. Oh, And 11-11 is the awakening code. So when you see 11-11 or you see 1-1-1... Is you're supposed to be paying attention that, you know, they say whether it's the universe and synchronicity and all these things. And I find it really kind of cool that they had an earthquake at the G20 summit after this had happened. Oh, God. So, well, Ronnie, that's that's a little right, I'm out getting there. a little too. 11, 11. Let's go back to my girl, right. Anita Fuentes, who I found we'll on YouTube here. She'll further, in a, in a, as she just did, I'm sure, in a sober, sane way, more right. about this thing. Go okay. Ahead. Day of the Lord is at hand. Okay. It's well, not God's will that any man perish, but that all comes uh, to all right. Give your Ooh. life to Jesus Christ. She's no! Bring, she's that's bringing the heat. <laughs> Fully submit and surrender your entire life, beloved. Listen, okay. All right. Jesus is I, well, she looked fine. She looked hmm, fine that, on the thing. That went south. I quick. thought she was like a CNN reporter or something. <laughs> Don't leave research to me. I've told you that a I, million times. That escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that reminds me of exactly what I told during the... Uh, uh, who was it when it, we were going to... Uh, I kicked him off this. John Lear. Oh, yeah. And I was like looking into... Uh, <laughs> it was like I was comparing that when I was looking into Flat Earth. Oh, my God, this flat earth stuff is pretty compelling. I'm like, boy, they know all their arguments. <laughs> Who's responsible? The Jews. <laughs> okay. All right. That gives all of us a bad name, that type of stuff. Oh, and, I'm, 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 I'm a, and I'm a Christian. <laughs> but that gives us all a bad name. All right, let's get into Monster Mail. If you have questions or an experience to share, please send us your Monster Mail now at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Now it's time for Monster Mail. Ronnie, I think the voice guy just said it, but how can people mail us? Monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Like Martin in Massachusetts, this is a perfect email for today. It's why I selected it, because this episode's theme is witnesses, and you and I were witnesses. If you haven't listened to season one and you just found us, go back to season one. Ronnie and I describe our encounter on Father's Day this past summer. We saw a UFO together. So Martin in Massachusetts asks, did you guys ever report your UFO from season one like you said you would? Jeez. Wow. Just calm okay, down. Okay, Mom. Jeez. Why do you throw that out? Like you said you would. <laughs> Actually, he brings up a good point, though, because we said we're going to, we never did for like <laughs> weeks and weeks and weeks. Did you guys ever report UFO from season one like you said you would? And was there any follow-up or did you learn anything else? Thank you, Martin. Uh, we did finally report it. We reported it, uh, the, the National UFO Reporting site, which you can do, just Google, you know, UFO report and you'll get to it. Right. Um, and what's interesting though, Ronnie, is it has the whole database. So Ronnie and I saw this outside my home at 3 a.m. in Rhode Island on Father's Day. And so I looked up and sure enough, right around the same time, not on Father's Day, but that spring and that summer, there were a couple sightings that were like that. And how about this? So Real quick, if you don't have time to go back and listen, we saw a star-like object move across the sky. We both... Faster than a satellite. <clears throat> yep. Not a comet. Didn't leave yep. a trail. It wasn't like whisking across the sky, right. the sky and disappearing like a shooting star. Nothing like that. This was deliberate, moving quick. And I started talking to it. And when I started talking to it, it started changing color. And Ronnie saw a white flash. How about this? Uh, I think this is 5618 South Kingston, Rhode Island. Described as a light, star-like object gives sudden bright flash. Mm. And that's exactly what you said wow. you saw. Yeah. Um, and then earlier in the show, we mentioned a cigar-shaped object. Right. Also in Rhode Island, same night, cigar-shaped object uh, had white, green, and red counterclockwise traveling lights moving slowly at daybreak. 
I mean, these things are fascinating. Whoa. These, if you have, if you get a chance and you're into this stuff, go through the database and just look up sightings. They're fascinating. That's and ours is in there now. Nice. So I'm going to keep monitoring that to see if anyone describes like this. Whoever this was in South Kingstown, Rhode Island, star-like object gives sudden bright flash. Ours will read pretty similar to mm-hmm. that because um, they ask you for a, they ask you for a detailed explanation of what you saw, which the I shape. filled out, and then they ask you for kind of a one sentence log line as we say in the entertainment industry right. and and so mine said something like star-like object um uh seems to respond to commands gives off flash or something like that so it's very similar to what's there so i thought that was incredible um and then we have another piece of mail here this is cool this is this is talk about a witness story again i was theme of this one is witnesses so this guy has quite a story this comes from anthony c in boston mass Hey guys, here's my story. <laughs> How's this for a opening to an email? Hey guys, here's my story about how I met the devil in a dream. <laughs> this should be good. During my sophomore year of college, about 2008, I feel like we should have some music for this. Yeah, David? Yeah? I'm going to put David, the producer, to work. Even though I sent him like 60 2008, I'm Fun, thinking yeah. maybe uh, sophomore, what you been listening early to? Green Day, maybe? Well, yeah, yeah, what have you been listening to? Mega- sophomore year of college. College kid in 2000. Hootie? <laughs> They're actually reuniting. I saw that. Today. Yeah, it's going to be called the Nobody Asked for This Tour. <laughs> I'm sorry. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect, perfect. This is from Anthony C. in Boston. During my sophomore year of college, I had one of the most terrifying supernatural experiences I've ever had in my life. It happened in my dorm room, which I had. All myself, all to myself for about 90% of the year because my roommate had foot surgery and had to live elsewhere. TMI. One night I had a dream <laughs> where I was in my old neighborhood. See, now this is terrifying because I know this is going to go into like a real devil thing and it's going to terrify. And what's more terrifying is this music playing. Because <laughs> if we were playing like tubular bells, like the exorcist theme or something, it wouldn't be as scary. Somehow the devil would like play like a pop song yeah. as he's like ripping your soul out of your soul. He'd be stomach. playing a banjo or something. Totally. Like, hey, welcome. <laughs> it was a cold gray winter with mounds of snow everywhere and the streets were completely barren. I then noticed that there was a half-naked child crying while standing on the sidewalk wearing nothing but a sash diaper thing around its waist. Good Lord. <laughs> I go over to him thinking he's some sort of lost kid that can't find his parents. As soon as I take a few steps, he turns in the opposite direction and bolts away from me, confused. I run after him. I remember as he was running, he had these extra-long orangutan-like arms with larger-than-normal fingers and nails that he just left dangling. Okay, that sounds a wow. little... That sounds a little shadow... I, I mean, um... Slendermanish. Yeah, like a shapeshifter kind of. Now, this is 2008. <laughs> Spot on, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Big hit of 2008. This is actually scarier than the devil to me. I can't stand Chris Martin. <laughs> cool play. Oh. This is exactly what the devil would sing to me. <laughs> and as he was running away from me, I remember him shouting the same thing over and over again. I couldn't make it out at first until he got louder and louder until it sounded like Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Oh. Note, I am Catholic, but I had never heard that and didn't know what it meant at the time. It was just some word that I thought my brain made up a nonsense word. Now, that's terrifying. Mm. So in his dream, he hears Beelzebub, but he didn't know what that was. Wow. So where does that come from? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's nuts. Eventually, I catch up to him when he stops right in front of my old house. As his back is towards me, I reach out to him, but he reacts by trying to lash at me with his big claws. He was married to Gwyneth Paltrow. I made that part up. (laughs) Next... I turn to my right, and there's another demon kid. Though, unlike the other one, he had normal-sized arms. However, this one had a third hand growing out of his body. He didn't do anything. He just stood there. Finally, me and the first kid are suddenly in my old kitchen. He sits down on the floor, but an invisible force drags him into one of the cupboards. That's when I wake up terrified. And sure enough, it's 3 a.m. Again, I didn't know that that was the devil's hour at the time. I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night, and I just waited until the sun came up around 5.30. Later, I decided to Google Beelzebub, and sure enough, the first result I get is an image of the devil. F me, right? Thanks, guys. Anthony C. Whoa. <sighs> That's terrifying. Now, can your subconscious take a word that maybe you heard... And, and manifest itself in a dream state. Oh, yeah. I guess that's how you could describe that. You could explain I, that away. But I've, I've been able to do that where you have a dream and then you kind of look back. You, you realize, oh, I remember saying this earlier in the day, this word, and all of a sudden it kind of your brain kind of throws things in. But that's really creepy 
I'd like to do some research on the kid angle, like you yeah. know, with the the appendages growing out. Yeah. And the, the you know that's weird, and then the long arms. That seems to be a trope too. A lot of these creatures that people see, whether in dreams or they report them in more of a paranormal encounter, with long mm. arms. You know, again, it, it recalls to mind Slenderman a little right. bit. Um, weird features, you know, short parts of their body, but other parts are long. Extremities are long. Right. And, you know, it's just kind of. In that other world, wherever it is, some weird things happen. I just thought of something. Chris from Coldplay, he could be the devil, because didn't he name their kid Apple? Oh, and they, that's what he tempted in the... What? Oh, my God. <laughs> you hit it, Ronnie. Um, all right. Well, this is, we, we've taken long enough. This has been uh, so much sound. The Witness episode. <laughs> Make it stop. This is actually is the, the most frightening. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Hello, Matty. Welcome. <laughs> Take a bite to my apple. Don't worry, it's a dry heat. All right. Uh, well, thank you to our incredible witness, Jeff. Thank you to yeah, thank our you, emailers, uh, Martin and Anthony. Thank you, Ronnie LeBlanc. Thank you, Matt. Thank Maddie. you to David and Pod 617. And most of all, thank you, monsters. We couldn't do without you. We'll be back next week, hopefully with another witness encounter, possibly a guest. We don't know yet. That's a beautiful part. Season two, we're going to hit the road. We're going to go to some places. We're going to actually do some investigations out in the field. I can't wait for that. That will happen this season, definitely. Until then, my monsters, stay safe. And remember, that's my new tagline. See what you think. You can tell us what you think, by the way. You can hit us on social media. What are our social media again? Monsterland Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All right. New tagline. Who this? Here we go. And remember, we ain't saying what it is. We're asking, what is it? <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should put it in present tense. We don't say. All right, take two. We don't say what it is. We ask, what is it? That's better. It's better present mm, tense, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. all right. Oh, thank that's you. Good. Thank you. Talk to everyone next week. Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again in Monsterland. Ronnie. Yeah, hey. Knock, knock. Who's there? Earth! <laughs> <laughs>